It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your hosts, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome back, Raider Nation. It is time for Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Thanks for being back with us. Hope you had a wonderful and joyful Christmas with your family and a holiday season overall. For all of you who might not celebrate Christmas but still enjoy this great time of the year, uh, we are back here talking Raiders football in what is, again, another difficult time frame. And doing that, I am Scott Branson. My co-host is Mr. Mo Moten. He is the national NFL writer for Bleacher Report. Also the Raiders columnist up on sportsnot.com. Make sure you catch his work. Also follow us on Twitter. Mo is at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully. Don't forget, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it. You're going to need it to get through these next few weeks here, the holidays. You got all those family at home. You need to step out, go on a walk. Listen to us. We can take you with us. By the way, I'm going to give a shout out, Mo, at the top of the show here to one of our loyal uh, listeners, Jim McCreary. Jim sent me a note on Twitter, a DM, talking about how we have gotten him through his 1 a.m. shift at work uh, all these months during the season. So I want to give a shout out to Jim and thank him and all of you for listening to the show. Mo, you had a great Christmas. I know you had to work like so many people out there. And thanks to all of you who got us through the holidays working, including not only those keeping us up to speed on what we love, like the NFL, like Mo, but the men and women that are plowing streets in Buffalo, all over the country, the people working at the airports, all of you out there sacrificing so that we can have a great holiday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mo, how was your Christmas, man? How was the rainbow cake? First of all, I want to give a shout out to Jim for getting through a, a tough season because it's oh, yeah. been, I, I've been through and covered some tough Raider seasons. This by far is probably one of the most frustrating because of the expectations. Yeah. But to answer your question, uh, even though I worked 14 hours on Christmas Eve, at the end of it, I was able to eat some cake uh, after a Raiders loss, albeit, but it, <laughs> the cake was good. The game wasn't, but the cake was exquisite as usual. And it was able. I was able to get through a a frustrating, another frustrating night writing Raiders content with a with a plate of cake on my left side. So oh, there you that, go. I had that with me. So that made it better. And 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 I I feel bad for Raider Nation. Obviously, for Christmas Eve, you have a game. You love that because everybody's home gathered. Most people not working. Okay, they get to watch the game. Like we watched the first, almost the first half, and then we jetted off to church uh, for, for Easter, uh, Easter, excuse me, Easter, Christmas Eve <laughs> Christmas. Um, uh, services uh, at late uh, on, on Christmas Eve. So that was great. So I was having you and Evan 
and and my my priest uh, Father Barry, if he's watching this, will not be happy to know that I was getting text messages on the score <laughs> from these guys. But but I thought I thought you and Evan, because Evan stuck Evan's in the eighteen million inches of snow up in Buffalo, um, and and I I checked at the time. When like right before mass started, because there's a concert before, and then after mass started, I only checked one time, so it was pretty good. Uh, and but I was like, did these guys forget to text me? Because there was no scoring, but there was no scoring. Mm-hmm. It, it was very low. I mean, I expected it because of the frigid Cold. temperatures. Yeah, but I expected a lot more from the Raiders' run game in particular. We'll get into that, but it was just an ugly game but as we'll talk about i kind of expected it was an expected ending if you watched the raiders from the first week of the season it's basically what their downfall is basically what we've seen over the past yeah. weeks months to the season so very no much it, it, the only thing they've been consistent at is sort of how they lose games right they're not yeah. consistent on offense defensively they've gotten more consistent as the year rolls on there's a big misnomer in Raider Nation about this defense and we'll talk about that in a few minutes um, here on the show uh, but but we'll get into that but we have to start too Mo I think with to me the elephant in the room that some people don't want to see it's like it's invisible or they've they've covered it with a, a cloak of invisibility and that is the 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 lack of performance by the offense. I get a lot of folks after the game on Christmas Eve as we were waiting for Santa to roll up to our house um, was the idea that this defense, again, cost this team the game. It gave up the last-minute drive, and Kenny Pickett, the rookie with a not-very-good offense, came out and did it. But you look at the Raiders' offense again, Carr, uh, going in, and, we're, and it, of course, it starts. It starts with the car wars. We got to throw the graphic up there because this, this, <laughs> most of this show is going to be about that because that's where we are. Unfortunately, Carr went three of four for forty-four yards and a touchdown on the first drive of the game. That first drive, like so many we've seen this year, Mo, looked great. Then he went 13 to 26, 130 yards, no touchdowns, and three interceptions the rest of the way. If you look at what this offense has done, they were not able to capitalize on three defensive stands uh, in, in the second half. Then they had back-to-back interceptions before a third drive would end in a punt. This team, remember, the defense held the Steelers to three points in the first half and partially through the third quarter. Okay, three points. The offense could not get it going. We'll get specifically into Derek Carr in just a moment. But, Mo, as you saw that unfold, what was it? Yes, the conditions, but what was it with this offense that we saw them, again, unable to capture the early momentum they had and carry it forward through the rest of the game? I felt like when it was clear that Derek Carr was off, and I know you were at mass, but as I'm watching (laughs) at home, it was clear that Derek Carr was sailing passes throughout the game. And a lot of people want to blame Josh McDaniels and the frigid temperatures and this and this and that, but watch the game. Derek Carr's ball placement was not good on Christmas Eve. A lot of overthrows, including that last one of Hunter Renfro at the end of the game, which was an, turned into an interception. But he was off, and I tweeted this during the game. I said, less throwing, more Josh Jacobs. Because Josh Jacobs was getting – I mean, he wasn't blowing holes in the Steelers' defense – but if not for some penalties, he would have had a big play. I remember there was one specific play. I believe he had 25 or 30 yards on a run, but he got mm. called back on a face mask by Foster Moreau, who was horrible, by the way. Foster Moreau had <laughs> a way. bad game. Yes. One of the interceptions wasn't on card. One of the interceptions actually bounced off Foster Moreau's hands, turned into a pick. 
the other two definitely on car, but Foster Moore didn't have a good game. And I felt like Josh McDaniels, knowing that Derek Carr was off, knowing that there were penalties there, that 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 callbacks a big place, he he needed to run the ball a lot more earlier. He didn't do that. Uh, that was one fault. And I just mentioned Derek Carr's sailing passes, not good. And that's why the offense pretty much stalled. I know a lot of people want to blame the conditions, but you brought up the stat about Derek Carr and Nicole on our previous show. And it's a, it's a real issue for him. And it's, I know we're going to get into this later on, but it's why I don't think he, he would waive his no trade clause to go to a cold weather team. Right. I think deep down he understands that he doesn't play well in cold weather. He's a, he comes from a warm weather uh, environment, played with mm-hmm. the Raiders in now in a dome. Why would he want to play for a team that plays their home games in December and January if you make the playoffs in the cold? So that showed up again. But it's 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 odd to me that people want to blame Twitter's very and social media in general is very it's either this or that. It's either Derek Car- all of Derek Carr's fault or it's all Josh McDaniel's <laughs> fault. As I just explained, or the they defense. both share or the defense, but they both share a lot of the blame for that loss. I'm not blaming the defense for this one. No As way. you said, the defense did its job, it, even with the injuries. Chandler Jones yeah. going down, Denzel Perryman going down at the end of the game. We had Sam Webb out there still playing because Rocky Asin is still hurt. Four starters out on defense. Right. Considering the what the game. Raiders considering what the Raiders had on defense, they they did their job. And yes. I, I think there was a tweet out there saying, Well, if the Raiders had held the Steelers to nine points. And I'm saying, no, if you hold a team to 13 points or one touchdown, whatever the case may be. You should win that football game regardless of the conditions. Yes, and and just just to, just to give an, an example of this, and I want to get into the defense. We're going to get into Josh Jacobs and and that in the next segment. We'll also talk obviously about Derek Carr, but I want to go back to a couple sequences, uh, especially one in the second half, Mo. Third quarter, Raiders uh, again can are f- just futility on offense. They give the ball back to the Steelers. They hold the Steelers to a field goal. In the third quarter, it's 10 to 6, right? Uh, and and what do they do? They hold them to a field goal, they get the ball back, and it's three and out again. Okay. Their response to the Raiders defense was to go three and out. And then in the fourth quarter, they do it again, three and out in the fourth quarter. The defense holds the Steelers, and then the Raiders come back out with the advantage. Your defense just said, Hey guys, we held them. We're on the road in frigid temperatures. We just held the Steelers. Here's the ball back. Raiders, what do they do? Three and out. Then Pittsburgh comes out that last drive. So many of you want to criticize the Raiders' defense for that last drive. Pittsburgh takes advantage of the exhausted Raiders' defense. This defense was gas. I watched the film yesterday because I didn't watch the second half when it happened. I watched it. These guys were on the field nonstop, as we've seen over the last four games in particular. Okay, So they give up the 10-play, 76-yard drive. Um, and 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 they the Steelers get their only lead with 46 seconds left in the game, and you want to blame it on the defense. That's what I don't understand. So you look at that situation, and the defense itself, Mo. Let's stay on this defense. We'll get to the offense and Derek Carr in a minute, but the defense is in the top 10 the last eight weeks when it comes to holding opponents to lower scores. Okay, when it keeps opponents, they kept them under 21 points. 13 to the Steelers, 17 Patriots, 17 Rams, 13 Chargers. 21 Seahawks is the only time they went over 17 points and 16 to the Broncos. Since the three-game winning streak, the defense, Mo, has only allowed 15.7 points. 
Now, you're going to tell me the defense needs to hold teams to less than 15 points to win? In that same time, the offense has averaged 16.7 points uh, in this one and two stretch over the last three games. I don't know how people don't see this. What I don't, I, I, what I feel like is that some people don't understand complementary football. When your offense right, is right. not moving, when your offense is not moving the ball with consistency, it impacts your defense because, as you said, your defense is on the field a lot, especially in frigid temps. There's an even bigger impact. I believe in that second half, the Raiders didn't have a drive that was longer than six plays. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. when your defense is constantly on the field. In those conditions, yeah, of course, it's going to eventually wear down. And you saw Kenny Pickett throw those dink and dunk passes to Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth. You saw some big runs by Najee Harris. The reason is because your defense is gassed because your offense is not giving him a breather. It goes hand in hand. So for people who want to quick to blame the defense, you have to look at complimentary football. If your offense is not producing, it impacts the other side of the football. Right, Mo. And I want to say this, too. In this game, defense already without four starters, okay? Right. They lost Chandler Jones and Denzel Perriman during the game and still mm-hmm. gave it the off- offense the opportunity to take control of the game. Again, three points in the first half for the Steelers. Then you go to the second half. The Raiders forced, the defense forced three straight, three straight scoreless possessions in the third quarter with a 10 to 3 lead. And the Raiders' offense did nothing with that. So, to your point about complimentary football, Yes, the Raiders' defense has to get better from a body's perspective, from a talent perspective. We've talked about that all season long. But over this eight-game stretch, for those of you who want to fire Patrick Graham, the defense, even with a spat of injuries, has played their best football. It just has. You can't deny when you look at it. I'm not saying every player has played their best football, okay? But without starters, without injuries, they get Nate Hobbs back, they use they lose Rocky Sin. So so all this stuff happens, and yet people still want to heap it on the defense. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's frustrating, but this is but this is why I said you have to remember there were a couple of weeks ago people were wanted to fire Patrick Graham. Oh yeah. And I said, and I always say in November and October when people want to fire coaches and bench play, I say not not bench players, but coaches and fire them, I'd say let's let the season play out. Because right now we cannot complain much about what the defense is doing. Now the Raiders have gone three and three and one in that stretch. But can you imagine if they beat the Rams as they should have? They're still alive for a playoff spot at this point. Mm-hmm. But even during the stretch where the defense has played well, Carr has not. On the night that the Raiders lost to the Steelers, I tweeted, Carr has had a 55% completion rate or lower in four consecutive games. He yes. has nine interceptions in his last five games. You cannot tell me that whether you're a Carr supporter, staunch or not, you cannot tell me that's good football and that's not impacting a defense that's already shorthanded in certain areas. But it's not all his fault, Mo. See, this He's is part of the problem. Get, well, correct. Part of the problem. And this is this is the this is the key. 
because there are some people out there and we know who they are because we we've we've seen them for years <laughs> that that everything is Derek Carr's fault. The earth right. tilts on its axis Derek Carr's fault. Okay? Mm-hmm. The price of gasoline goes up, not Biden's fault, Carr's fault, right? We know those people, but we're dismissing that. We're dismissing that, okay? We're talking about those of us who look at it from a perspective of okay, you just call a spade a spade. When you see it, you call it, right? So Derek Carr has not played. You and I both were on this show, our last show before the season started. We both said Derek Carr is going to, we felt he was going to have an excellent year. Mm-hmm. We knew there would be some struggles getting familiar with the playbook, all that stuff. We knew that would happen. But we said at the end of the day, we believed he would have a great year maybe even MVP type because of the system and the weapons. That's where we were at. Okay. So before people want to say, Oh, you guys hate Derek Carr. No, but he has not played well. And if you don't want to admit that, and if you don't want to admit that in the NFL, it is a quarterback driven league. Yes. You have to have a defense. Yes. You have to have an offensive line, but the quarterback is key and and tantamount to being a championship club. It just is. You have examples and we'll get into them in just a minute. But all of those things can be true. The Raiders' defense can need to get better, and their quarterback can be sucking backside this season as well. It can happen. Both things can be true. I almost said the word. I'm trying to keep it family-friendly here. So, um, But we're going to get into that, Mo, because we want to talk about the situation with the offense, with Derek Carr, when we come back from the break. I know it's tough. We're into that negative territory, but we got to get through this and talk about it. And we're going to be real with you. We're not pulling yes. punches. You can call us idiots. You can do whatever you want. We don't care. We're just going to tell the truth. And I know those that appreciate it will gravitate towards it. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll get into why Derek Carr hasn't performed well this year and why it's not getting better. In fact, towards the tail end of the season, it's gotten worse. You're listening to Silver and Black Today and Odyssey Originals podcast with Mo and Scott. We'll be back right after this break. <laughs> 